Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Let's go, girls. Come on. Now from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Culture Nuanes. I am, I, I am clueless. I do not get the joke. I mean, I get... It's, it's Shania Twain. Oh, it is? Yeah. Okay. Now, hold on. Who was she married to? Because I thought, wasn't she married? I thought she was married to another singer. No, she's married to Mutt Lang, who's a... A pretty famous record producer. Everybody knows. Who, who am I? Who am I thinking of? That's mar- I thought there's two country music singers that are married. Faith Hill and Tim McGraw. Who you were? Oh, okay. Of. Yep. That's that's it. Yeah. Mutt Lang was most famous for. I mean, he was kind of like the stadium rock guy. I guess is how you'd say it. To be as a producer. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. produced like. Highway to Hell and Back in Black for ACDC. He produced okay. all Def Leppard's albums, The Cars. But then he also then dove into the country. It was it, it was just controversial because he married this epically beautiful Canadian gal, Shania Twain, who came out of nowhere. She, there, this was not like she was singing at the bar and then was singing on the talent show. She was just the number one country star in the world, like straight out the gate. Ooh. Because he had produced her record. And, I mean, I'm pretty sure... That her first record... That's like Billie Eilish. She's never heard of her. It's, 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 it's Next very, day, it, biggest thing so, so imagine imagine Billie Eilish literally in terms of record sales times 100. I mean, Shania Twain's first album is, is among the best-selling albums of all time. And so there was just this thought that Mutt Lang had just basically created a country music superstar in the studio with his own production ability. But there was never any affirmation that she could sing. And she didn't go on tour until after she dropped her second album. But she can sing, right? Oh, she absolutely can. But it was just this, between 1995 and 1999, she had never performed live anywhere, even though she had sold 35, 40 million albums. So So everybody was wondering, is she just like a face? Is this just Mutt Lang's creation and he has this beautiful girl who's just lip syncing? She was the first Alexa. Alexa? Yeah. Like the... like the talking microphone thing that you get? <laughs> right. 
Uh, I don't, should I, I don't so, understand. So I don't should I, Shania Twain's you... first album, The Woman and Me, sold 20 million copies worldwide. It's the highest selling debut album in the history of music. All right, Ryan, why are you in such a funk? No, no, I just don't understand. What? What is? How is she the first Alexa? <laughs> <laughs> you looked at me I with just, rage when I played Shania Twain. No, no. After, after, so <laughs> it's, it's like what it's, Coulter said. Confusion. Weren't you ever paying attention to anything about pop culture? It, it, it's feel like a woman. Come on, come on, man. I. You Will you rattle his neck I, I in there, so, Coulter? I'm just completely lost. I hope that I'm not alone. At Gus, you've Tell. never heard this song. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I, 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 I've heard the song. Okay. I've even heard of Shania Twain. In that's fact, good. That's good. I knew that Shania, Shania, Shania Twain was a famous person, a famous country <laughs> singer. In fact, what does it have to do with Alexa? That's I don't understand. A secretive face behind which the machine has created the entire oh, for thing. crying in the mm-hmm, night. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I am mm-hmm. certainly not the only person who didn't put that conspiracy theory together. It's two Tell Me Wanna's, 1029 ESPN Radio. If you missed anything in the first hour or in the last five minutes, check it out on the podcast. <laughs> you going to be all right back there, unbelievable, man. <laughs> The uh, podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. It's available all the time. To tell Nuanas, rate, review, subscribe. We appreciate all that. Listen at your uh, leisure. Uh, I guess to bring. Time. I guess hold to- on. Podcast. He is in a foul mood. It's brought to us by Blackfoot. We want to say thanks to Blackfoot here. Okay, so we appreciate them. Okay, go ahead. Now bring it full circle. I often think that when technology changes the world, we don't acknowledge how much it actually has changed it because it just becomes a part of everyday life. And I think that it was not long ago when if you had Netflix, they were sending DVDs to your mailbox. I was in a straight rage when they went all online. Give me my DVDs in the mail. I got my queue up. I like opening the thing. It's fun for me. It's free to send it back. This is enjoyable. And it it makes it so that, I mean, I think that, Having all the choices, I mean, you guys know with your significant others, how often have you been Can't like, find. what are we going to watch? And I've then you sit there, you're asleep nights, by the time Multiple you find nights, to an watch. hour of scrolling and never actually do watch exactly. a thing. You yes. should just be able to get season two, disc one of the West Wing, watch that, and then send it back. That's in. what you got. Yeah. You guys but go that's, home from here? That's... <laughs> But, but that's even something that the, the on demand element of TV, though, I think, I mean, we take for granted the evolution cable news has had on our entire society and cable TV in general. We take advantage of the streaming thing, too. The only reason I brought up the Mariah Carey thing, as well as the Shania Twain thing, is it's very akin to when we talked about Whitney Houston at the Super Bowl in when the Bills played the Cowboys yeah. and it was right when the Gulf War had just started yeah. and how this was this transcendent moment when Whitney Houston sang arguably the greatest national anthem ever. But what I'm getting at is that for so long, so many of the things that brought Americans together were pop culture events because there wasn't 10 million channels. Mm. It didn't matter if you liked football or not. Chances are, in You're- 1990, you watched Whitney Houston sing the, the anthem at the Super Bowl. It, the people still watch the Super Bowl. That's sure. still one thing that brings people together. But it used to be like when Mariah Carey goes on the late, the late show... Right. And she sings for David Letterman. That's something that literally everybody in America is talking about the next day. We don't have those landslide moments anymore. I don't know when Billie Eilish went on The Tonight Show. I'm sure she's been on there, but it's not something the next day where you come in and everybody's That's like, right. did you watch that last day? I was only asking if you guys remembered because up until the late 90s, it was something where it didn't matter if you even cared about Mariah Carey or knew who Mariah Carey was. Like when Whitney Houston sang on The Johnny Carson Show and Johnny Carson still hosted The Tonight Show. And she's saying, give it all my love to you. That was like the moment when a star was born, right? And that those moments just don't happen as much anymore. 
I think it's happening right now. I think Tutel Nuanas and Tommy are. It's because <laughs> I'm a star. here. Yeah, it's because I'm is, putting you on happening. the air. Let me ask you this. Yeah. When was the last time you cleaned your VHS tape pl- player machine? Like with, with the little tape that you put in there with the liquid on it that is yeah. supposed to go through, and, and it's been a long time. Do You uh, you want to know something about my past, though? <laughs> More than anything else I've, right now. I've had many jobs. You know this, Tommy. Uh, one of my jobs, which I held for many years, thank you, was a video archivist at Pacific Lutheran University, and I sat in a room s- almost certainly smaller than most everybody's listening to me now closet with <laughs> a rack of monitors and VHS players and three-quarter inch uh, players, which, you know, yeah. how Blu-ray and what was the other one that were in competition to be the best DVD style? There was Blu-ray, and then there was some other... Like- like Dolby, maybe? Yeah, I, I don't remember. But like when, when the first like HD DVDs came out, there were these two competing types where it's like, who's going to win the race? Yeah. And, and and so it was like TiVo for DVR and whatever the other one is. And TiVo actually lost, even though we still talk about it. Anyway, point being, three-quarter inch in VHS came out about the same time. And it was like, well, which one of these is going to become the predominant thing? And it ended up being VHS. But we still had a bunch of three-quarter inch tapes. And I had to play them reel to reel to move them to DVDs, Ooh. which have now, you know, become obsolete. And and uh, in any case, it was, it was like the old time, uh, like an operator. My grandmother was like an actual operator. Like a call would come into the operator. She would have to actually physically put a cord into the right phone line. Yeah, I had to do it. that to connect the right deals to the DVD players. And I went through a move. But invariably, we had static. We had problems. It wouldn't run quickly. This, this, many of these probably had never been viewed before. I yeah. have seen a lot of one-watch-only <laughs> reels of various lectures across the <laughs> campus community at PLU. So, that, you know, good for me. But. You, you, so I had to clean these things all the time and even to the point of getting in and mechanically, which is not my strength as you know, like unscrewing things and trying to get stuff going in there and then it would eat the tape and you got to go in and, and do that thing. So I did quite a lot of that at one stage, but it's been, That's it's really been cool. 15 years for sure since the last time I would have done something like that. So sitting in a room watching a show from start to finish that you're probably the only one watching from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, things break. You've got static stuff. Break. You're going to crap when you find out what my job is. Your job? Yeah. You're not getting the, the reference here? No. <laughs> no. Just do you know him. what he's talking about? You say what you used to have to do is his this daily. Is, this, this is what I'm doing. What, this, this is what exact your, your life of yeah. trying to make this place go? Yeah. Okay. Ryan's not getting any of the jokes. He is so flipping. He's so he's so angry. I'm not. He's I'm, so pissed. I'm he can't not even angry. get. He's not angry. He, yeah. he's, he's just in a state of delusion because he had to to jog today. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. Oh my. All my endorphins have rushed to my head, and I can't every think. couple of months this happens. Yes, because I didn't understand the relationship between Shania Twain and Alexa. Now I'm the one who's who, who who's out of the loop. Wasn't yep. a bad connection yep. in the first place. Oh, it was brutal. It was awful. That's the point. You're so angry that you try to find logic in just pure stupidity, and you get lost in the realms of this, and it's just so beautiful to I me, just, Ryan. I just think that you're just completely wrong. This is either the greatest or worst show we've ever done. Greatest. 
How about we uh, continue our Big Sky Conference Coaches Series? Weber State head coach Jay Hill kind enough to join us. I got to believe that of all the intros that he could have had, uh, of all the coaches that could have had an intro like that, he would probably appreciate it perhaps the least of all. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, Jay Hill's not really a pop culture analyst. He's a pretty straightforward guy. Yeah, Pretty Jay, much the most straightforward guy I know, actually. Jay Hill, though, you and I, Coulter, think very highly of of Jay Hill, both the coach and the person, uh, and he's great. And this interview I, I is, is really good. I'm excited. Uh, when I say he's the most straightforward person, I know I think that that I mean that at the utmost of of compliments I think that Jay Hill is the most no-nonsense coach in the league yeah I love interviewing him because Jay Hill never worries about sounding too brash or not confident enough he never worries about the way he's spinning anything he never tries to spin anything period he just straight up tells you how it is because I truly think that he really has supreme self-confidence and supreme confidence in his program right. and when you look at Weber State we've got I mean we already know the arc of it after Ron McBride retired it was a disaster with John L. Smith leading him high and dry Jody Sears having no roadmap Jay Hill takes over they go two and ten but we always talk about the incremental building of a program and they went from a winning record in year two to the playoffs in year three and now they've won three straight Big Sky Conference championships not only that though they've won multiple playoff games Jay Hill has won more playoff games in the last three seasons than anybody than Weber State as a program period had ever won before he got there. So mm. I think you can say without question he's the best coach in Weber State history, and I think he's the best coach in the Big Sky Conference. The fact that he's going into year seven, we're reaching I think uncharted territory with a guy like him because I think that he will be on the short list at a lot of different places, yeah. and uh, you know he's proven now. That it's, it wasn't just one splashy recruiting class. He's been able to reload and reload and reload. Now, can they reload again? We'll see. Jay Constantine transferred in the offseason into the transfer portal. Starting quarterback that was supposed to be a fifth-year senior. He's out. Jonah Williams, the Big Sky MVP, defensively as a defensive end. Adam Rodriguez, who people in Missoula remember uh, as a nightmare because he had four sacks in that playoff game and hit Dalton Steed relentlessly, and that was the catalyst to Weber State winning that game 17-10 to to go to the national quarterfinals. Semis. Uh, excuse me, the national semifinals. Yeah. And uh, Weber State has it rolling. Can they keep it rolling? But I think that it's pretty hard to doubt Jay Hill at this exact moment because he's done nothing but keep the thing churning. So uh, without further ado, Weber State seventh-year head football coach Jay Hill. Well, we go now to the Rankage Brothers RV phone line, and we welcome in the head coach of the Weber State Wildcats, Jay Hill. Coach, thanks so much for being with us. Obviously, a very odd time in the world right now. What's it like for you, both in terms of you know, just personally trying to figure out you know the best way to to live life right now, and then obviously in uh, in relation to football and all the things you can't do, but still trying to find the things that you can do. Well, it's just that everything you mentioned is we're trying to do our best to social distance and quite frankly there's not much we can do we can't even get up on campus right now as far as getting in our offices and stuff like that but the world of football has changed drastically i mean everything's on our computers now our presentations our film so there's still so much we can do as far as sharing things out to players and trying to put together presentations where they can still be learning and um bottom line you adjust you, you hit these crazy bumps in the road and you adjust and you try to do your best and hopefully uh in the end it'll be good enough 
you know, a lot of the coaches we've talked to, and this is always important, but say especially now the leadership that you have in terms of players on the team is just so crucial right now that the guys are doing the things they need to be doing academically, physically, and so forth on their own without a lot of oversight. How how big a deal, obviously, is that right now? And how confident are you, especially with, you know, as an established coach as opposed to being, you know, a first or second year guy at a program, how much tougher it might be in a scenario like that? Well, yeah, I think I think where the players know my expectations and they've been around me now for a while and I know them and they know me, I think that definitely helps. Uh, having a veteran team, a bunch of guys that have already started football games is a critical deal, but we all have a couple position groups that we're trying to develop. I mean, I don't care who you are, somebody on the team needs to develop to be able to win football games in the fall and... We're in that boat too. We got a couple position groups where we're trying to get better, and and you're trying to do it with uh, how they're performing athletically or what they're doing athletically, and then mentally as well, trying to bring them along. We've talked to a lot of coaches around the league so far, and uh, some guys got almost all spring ball in. I know Bruce Barnum at Portland State, all, everything but the spring game. Dan Hawkins got everything in at UC Davis. Other teams only got some in. I know Demario Warren at Southern Utah only got two in. Did you guys get any practices in during spring ball? We got two. Okay, so the fact that you only got two, I mean, what do you think of the fact that there's a lot of variability there? Some teams got full spring balls, some teams got no spring ball, and some teams only got a couple. I mean, how does that affect just the evenness of the playing field in the league? Well, it does. It affects it a little bit. I don't I don't know how drastic it affects it, but, I mean, trust me, I wish I had the other 13 practices with some of our young position groups. That's where it's a critical deal is, you, you've got some position groups that need to develop, and um, some, quite frankly, you probably don't need spring that much. But um, as a whole, that's a big advantage for certain guys. And I've heard the NCAA is going to do certain things to maybe try to balance that out a, a little bit as, as soon as we can, and, and hopefully they can find something that's fair. One of the big storylines on your program in the offseason, Jake Constantine, the quarterback entering the transfer portal. Uh, no need to comment on that if you don't want to, but in terms of just the actual quarterback position, do you feel like that was going to be a place where you guys were really looking to analyze guys and develop guys during spring and then heading into fall camp? Oh, yeah, that's a critical one because, you know, with Jake leaving, and Jake took a lot of reps the last two years for us. Uh, so that's a, that's a critical part, but, you know, that's also a position group we needed to play much better. And there's no secret that uh, when we were playing teams that weren't quite as good, then, you know, Jake played great. And when we were playing the elite teams, like when we got beat up at Montana or when we get get beat at James Madison, we need need the quarterback position to be more productive. And, uh, you know, that's that's not pointing the finger at anyone. That's just bottom line. We need the quarterback position to be more productive here for us to win a national championship. Jay Hill joining us, the head coach of the Weber State Wildcat football team. It's so interesting, the dynamic in college football, especially in the FCS level, because a lot of times when you have uh, a program, your guys' program is so solid across the board, but I know you've been looking for that elite player at quarterback when you've had elite players at a whole, pretty much every other position. It seems like sometimes teams can get the elite quarterback and they struggle to fill in all the rest of the blanks. Or like you guys have had elite players across the board, but maybe not that elite quarterback yet. How do you find that balancing act? And, and do those two things go hand in hand? Well, they do. And like I said, had we had Stephen Cantwell the last two years or the, pro- the production of Stephen Cantwell Certainly. at that quarterback Certainly. spot, 
we'd have probably won a national championship or at least played for one, at least one of the last two years. And Or if our guys that played that James Madison team two years ago when Cantwell was the quarterback, had they been a little more veteran like they are now, then that might have made all the difference in the world. But, but everybody faces that in college football. You're going to have years where your defense is – uh, great and elite and they're veteran and then get years like last year where seven of our guys that were playing on defense at one time had never started before and we had we had four true freshmen in the secondary at the end of the year playing in the playoffs and I mean that's just reality of where each each team's at depending on what year it is I want to take you back through the end of last season a little bit. In particular, your games against the University of Montana, since that's where we are. You come to Missoula, probably the worst loss of the season for for your guys. And then maybe two or three weeks later, now you got to play them again. You get them in Ogden, but in a playoff setting. And you win that football game, create five turnovers in the in the rain and everything else. But how how did you prepare your team to go face a team that, that quite frankly, won handily in Missoula to win the game when you had to have it in the playoffs? Well, that's such a perfect example of what I'm talking about. We we went up to Missoula, and quite frankly, we, we were not prepared for just what went on. Our, our freshmen uh, struggled up there big time, the atmosphere of of the game, uh, what was riding on that particular game at the time. We didn't handle it very good at all. We, we lose our three best players on offense within the first drive and a half, and you look around and quite frankly as a young team last year we didn't handle that good at all and my only request to those players after that game was guys we everybody loses i don't, I don't care how good you are teams lose but if, if if there's one wish you can ever grant me in my career is get us a rematch with montana find a way get us a rematch and they did and then they played good i mean we did what we had to do that game to win uh, the second playoff game and I've got so much respect for Bobby Houck and just Montana and what they represent and what their program is. Uh, to, to beat those guys in the playoffs was huge, and especially the way we played the first game because uh, that was not us. We just did not play good at all, and the, the atmosphere got a lot of our players that day. You're going to spend a lot of time in the FBS both as a player and a coach, and one thing that we love about covering the FCS level is you do get those shots at redemption. And even if you do drop a game in the regular season, you can still be in the mix for a national title. In the FBS, a lot of times, if you lose a game, all of a sudden you're back and you might be able to play for a New Year's Day Bowl, but you're probably out of the playoffs and the national championship dreams end if you just have a bad afternoon or a bad evening. And I, I just hate that. I don't like that whatsoever. Uh, but what do you, I mean, what do you think of that dynamic? The fact that in the FCS, you actually do get a chance to redeem yourself. Oh, it's way better. It's way better. In fact, We've won three straight Big Sky titles, but in each one of those years, there's been one game where they were almost head-scratchers. Like, what what in the world was that? That didn't look anything like us. We had Southern Utah my first, the first year we won the championship, and then NAU the second year, like, where we, you know, you go into a game and you turn it over five times, you're probably not going to win. It's the same thing that happened to Montana in our playoff game against them. You turn it over six times against a good team, you're, you're probably not going to win. And that's exactly what's happened to us in each one of those games is you turned over four or five times, you're not going to beat those good teams. And 
sometimes they're just head scratchers. It's not you. That's the best part about the playoffs is you get an opportunity to redeem yourself from some of those things. It's Tutel Nuanas, Jay Hill joining us as we continue our Big Sky Football Coaches uh, series here on the show, head coach of the Weber State Wildcats. And, Coach, when you took over that program, there's there's some history at Weber State, but you have certainly built that program into a major national power, and now it has maintained that status for the last several years, making runs into the playoffs. I know that you have your eye on, on the ultimate prize, but what does it take to continue to maintain once you've arisen to that nationally elite level? Well, it, I mean, it's brutal. He, bottom line, you got to play it one game at a time. And I know that's so cliche and everyone talks about that. But in this league, I don't care. If you overlook anybody, you're going to get you're going to get your butt handed to you. And that's reality. There's so many good teams in this league, and anybody can win it on a given year. you got to truly just, just keep your eye focused on one game at a time and just try to find a way to win them in this league. And that's what we've done. We've won games. And we've done it in a lot of different ways. We've had shootouts where we won games. We've had games like we had Montana last year where you just you got to force six turnovers to win. And we've had them all different ways. You, you just got to try to find a way to win in this league. And then when you get in the playoffs, every team is good, especially once you get by the first round. Every team can beat you. You just got to stay humble, keep working believe in what the heck you're doing and and if you do that good things happen and that's what our our guys have bought into is every game's not going to be clean you're going to have to overcome something and our guys have done a great job with that well every coach that we've spoken to so far echoes your same sentiments about the challenges of the league and there's no easy games but I was going through some of the league stats and standings. With the exception of Idaho State and Northern Colorado, every single team in the league has made the playoffs since the league expanded in 2012. That's amazing. Every team has made it at least once. And so it sort of shows just when a team has a good year, how they can rise to the top. But the fact of the matter is that last year, Montana, Montana State, Weaver State, three traditional powers were in the playoffs as well as national seeds with buys. So when you have the teams that have traditionally been strong combined with teams that have hope and faith since they've been good recently how does that add just to the dynamic and landscape of the league well like i said there's every year there's going to be five or six teams that are going to be elite top 20 25 teams in the country and you're going to have to find a way if you're going to win the championship you're going to have to find a way to probably beat five of those six and and that's where it gets brutal is you're going to have some tough, tough games. And then the other thing that's hard in our league is the, the road challenge that you're faced with each year is, is brutal. Like last year, we go up to the University of Idaho, who had a great home record. But, I mean, you fly in. We flew into um, – you, you fly in to – to uh, Spokane, and then we drove all the way down to Lewiston, stayed the night in Lewiston. Then you got to drive up to Moscow, and then think your team's going to be ready to play. It's, it's just brutal. Some of the travel games that we have in this league, and uh, that, that's part of the. But that's part of what makes it tougher and what gets you better too, and ready for the playoffs is some of the challenges that we do face. Speaking of the guys, some of the guys you lose, I know you were really young on defense last year, but you're going to have to have uh, some guys rise up on the defensive line. And it was fun watching Jonah Williams and Adam Rodriguez, their pro day numbers. I know that you expected that out of those guys and just the type of players and the type of guys that they were. 
But first of all, talk about just the performance they had. Where do you think their NFL potential is? And then second of all, you guys have kind of become the NFL hub for the league in terms of the team that gets the most guys that goes to the next level. Is that a priority, and how do you maintain that as well? It's a priority, but you do it through recruiting. You recruit the right guys. You do the best job of preparing them, which I think we've done. Our strength coach is phenomenal. Uh, last year, Ilsuo Peta was the number one, number one as far as strength goes, offensive lineman or any player in the country. Um, he went to the combine. I think the next closest guy on the bench press was five reps less than him. And then he verticaled in the top five guys. You, his his forty was in the top five guys. Uh, Brady May, when he went there, he was the strongest running back uh, as far as numbers go. Um, we got a guy right now, Jared Sheese, on our team that uh, would have beat any D lineman at the combine as far as the 225 test. And so we, we're just, we recruited good. We've done a good job developing guys. And is that important to me? Absolutely. That's important to me. What do you think of those two guys that have their pro day? What do you think of their NFL prospects? You have to well, think that they, they have a chance. Whoever gets those guys is going to be happy they get. Because uh, they can run, they're physical. I mean, you guys saw Jonah Williams at at uh, media days last year. I mean, <laughs> yep. he's a big physical specimen. And when he did those numbers, when he ran that four six the other day at pro day, he weighed two hundred eighty one pounds. And I mean, he is a big, strong, physical guy that someone's going to get him, and they're going to love him. Just like just like what I said with Iosuo Peta is someone's going to pick that kid up and love him. And Adam Rodriguez is just a football player. I mean, you saw that in the playoffs where he he had the biggest plays in the game against Kennesaw State, had the biggest plays in the game against Montana. He's just a baller. And um, the the more teams look at him and get to see him up close in person, that guy's a great player. Coach, one of the good things about being in the big sky, not the travel, but if you have to social distance, you could do a lot worse than Ogden, Utah, it seems to me. So I'm wondering, are you able to get out into the hills, maybe ride your bike around? Are you able to kind of do that kind of thing? Everything, everything. In fact, right now I'm going out to the golf course just to hit a couple balls around. And You know, out here you can actually stay six feet away from someone and uh, make it make it work. So... We're doing what we can. I mean, it's a struggle and a challenge for everybody, but we're doing what we can. See, we need to get, speaking of golf, we need to get the big sky to bring the golf tournament back, and we need to get back <laughs> on the same team because, I, as I recall, when you and I played together, we got second place because we lost to the Weber State golf coaches, and I'm not so sure those guys are being so honest about their handicaps or their scores that day. Yeah, wasn't that unfair? <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, it's hard to beat Scott Ruling and, and another guy that they put on his team if i mean you're gonna have a hard time beating him alone let alone if they have another ringer with them so uh, i think second that year was pretty good yeah no question well coach we certainly appreciate your time for being with us good luck on the links today and in everything else and uh, and we look forward to being out on the other side of this thing and then uh, getting back to some football absolutely appreciate it guys jay hill head coach of the Weber State Wildcat football team, uh, really, really fun to talk to him, and we've uh, been fortunate enough to to chat with him number of times over the years and always uh, look forward to it because he is very candid. I mean, I, I think that a lot of coaches probably wouldn't have said what he said, you know, for instance, about Jake Constantine and tra- transferring, and it's like, yeah, you know, he transferred, he chose to do it. Also, we still got to have better production out of the position regardless of who's playing there, and, uh, and so we certainly appreciate the candor and the time as well. We will continue. 
our uh, coaches series with Big Sky Commerce football coaches with Troy Taylor, correct? Tomorrow, Troy Taylor, head coach of Sacramento State's football team, second-year head coach, and took them uh, to uh, a, a, an unforeseen, outstanding year last year. First Big Sky title in school history. In, uh, First the, FCS playoff appearance in school history as well. Top five in the nation at one stage, Sacramento State. So we'll look forward to talking with him. Hey, the Silver Slipper is your beer, wine, and liquor stock up headquarters. You've got all the toilet paper you could possibly need, so now head over to the Silver Slipper and stock up on what you really need. They also have Tarantino's Pizza to go. The Silver Slipper has cocktails to go as well. And their liquor store, which is open from 11 to 8 every single day, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m., also has a happy hour of its own from 4 to 6 every day. That's right. If two Telenuanas are on the air, you can go to the Silver Slipper liquor store and get their employee discount that's the uh that's the deal for the uh happy hour at the liquor store you get the employee discount on bottles of liquor from four to six every single weekday plus they have the friendliest staff in town even in the midst of a national crisis at the silver slipper it's all about great food tasty beverages and their urge to have a good time the silver slipper they have what you're looking for online at silverslipperlounge.com across the street from super walmart on brooks stop by today and see why the silver slipper is one of montana's best kept secrets At Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping businesses connected to customers and communities. During this time, we want to help share our expertise with your business. From advising on remote workforce systems to assessing internet connections, we're here to help deploy the solution you need to continue supporting your customers. How can we help your business? Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more. Okay, so you're a rocket scientist. That don't impress me much. So this is Mariah Carey. <laughs> oh, Tommy, I mean this in the greatest compliment I can give you. But in terms of country pop music, Shania Twain was made for you. I don't understand where that stems from. You're not Ask a Alexa. You're not a pop. <laughs> You're not a pop music guy. That you know of. Well, you kind of are. I mean, you have actually... Billie Eilish. Well, yeah. Tommy, I don't, I don't Tommy, Tommy's actually a softy, so even though he thinks he's edgy in his music taste, especially on the new show, most of it has, like, such soft pop tones in it. What? <laughs> oh, for <laughs> sure. Tommy loves, like... Colt is projecting right now. No, no, no. Definition. No, no, no. Uh, yeah. no, 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 no. Definition yeah, no, no, no. Tommy loves Billie Eilish. He I loves Bear's love Den. He oh, loves yeah. all these other... Ryan lived with Bear's Den, Melancholy. Man. I don't even know what Bear's Den is. <laughs> oh, no. I'm thinking of uh, Southern... Uh, duh, there's a different band with a bear. Bear's Cave. Bear's something that you live uh, with. Minus the bear. That's a band. <laughs> I got nothing. All I know is that you're mostly not a country music guy, Tommy, but this is made for you. One soul coughing CD was called El Oso, which is the bear in Spanish. Am I getting closer? How we doing? You He's, want more bear references? He won't allow anyone. Bear Naked Ladies? They're a band. <laughs> is that a bear? <laughs> Should we tell my bear la- naked ladies story? Please. Will you please really quick tell okay, it? Okay, really quick. Really okay. quick. Okay. Bare Naked Ladies, I think their debut album came out about 1996, 1997. So Coulter Nuanas is 10 to 11 years old at this point. 
Yes. Uh, growing up, as Ryan knows, up uh, up the up north of town, up the Grant Creek Canyon. <laughs> do you know what story this you, is? I do. Listen. Okay. Yeah, you no, know, I do too. That's you, why uh, I'm so you dis- don't, disappointed. Growing up north of town, up Grant Creek. Back then, this was not even that long ago. Even though if you had quote unquote cable TV, it was like four channels other than the networks. You couldn't get any TV. I think we got USA, which is why I love pro wrestling. <laughs> you do love pro We got wrestling. ESPN. Yeah. We got and we got VH1. No MTV, no mm-hmm. HBO, just VH1. Okay. <laughs> VH1 used to have their top 10 videos top uh, every 10 afternoon. Video. They count down. Top 10 videos of the week. And I remember distinctly the DJ teasing, saying, before the end of this top 10 countdown, we are going to show you bare naked ladies. And... 10 or 11-year-old Coulter Nuanas. All was, the 11-year-old eyeballs in America. Gluing, yeah. glued. I, I'm just Speaking of VCRs, I'm like pre-recording. I'm like, here we go. We're recording the top 10 countdown every day this week because there's going to be some bare-naked ladies on here. <laughs> you know, And then some chubby red-headed guys pop up on the screen, and I was just so despondent. The, the, the funny thing despondent. is is that uh, BNL, as their true fans know them, uh, are Canadian and if you've ever seen them or listened to them and so forth, they are uh, they're very Canadian funny, like quick witted banter and and so forth. Like Ryan Tutel. Right. I mean, I am sort of South Canadian here, am I not? Uh, and in any case, I just know for sure, like that the name of their band, which has absolutely nothing to do with anything that they've ever sung about or really done, is explicitly to get the reaction that they got from you at the age of ten years old. Like to no question when they, when they hear it on the radio, when they hear it on the TV, this is it. This will be the so we can board. agree that Bare Naked Ladies was made for me and Shania Twain was made for Tommy. Great. I would wear that shirt. <laughs> <laughs> trying to think of. Who might have been made for me? We can save that for another day. It's Tutel and Nuanas. We're already up against the next break, so we will take it and we'll come back and we'll speak about Jameis Winston and Cam Newton in relation, which we did not do at the top, in relation to the quarterbacks that are about to be drafted, the top of the draft in terms of the quarterbacks and who would you rather have, a proven or maybe unproven veteran or a never-played-before high-potential guy out of the draft. We'll get to that right after this. Are you ready for a new truck? Get to Mildenberger Motors in Hamilton for the best deals on the best trucks, Duramax, Chevy, or GMC. At Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping businesses connected to customers and communities. During this time, we want to help share our expertise with your business. From advising on remote workforce systems to assessing internet connections, we're here to help deploy the solution you need to continue supporting your customers. How can we help your business? Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more. This is who is made for you, Ryan. Cindy, as you would say, Dagnab Whopper. She was she uh was she like a heartthrob when she was out when she first came out, or is she only just you know a musician or whatever? I would say City Lopper uh-huh. was sort of the the antithesis of. I think that uh, in the '80s there was so much over commercialization of a lot of pop music, and I think that Madonna set herself apart as somebody that could be uh, 
like a, a sex symbol, or a something. teeny bopper, heartthrob, yeah, sex symbol who also then was counterculture and taboo. Mm. That's why Madonna's so brilliant. But City Lopper, Pat Benatar, Joan Jett, they were the rockers, right? They weren't trying to be the Bangles. Now or I'm, just gonna, Houston, I'm just going to say what I'm hearing right now. I don't know if I would say put rocker as a no, but uh, but she she had a very punk rock. City Lopper had a very punk rock style, like mm. in the way of dressing mm. and stuff. Okay. Like she wasn't trying to be that. in the mini skirt up on the stage, or you know, in the in the slim fit dress. She was wearing like the See, crazy bow in her hair and you know the I'm, messed up eyeliner and stuff. I'm I'm six seven years older than you, and right. anybody who knows that is going. Why is this conversation happening in this direction? And the answer is because you haven't paid attention. For I, the last I was watching years. football and nothing <laughs> else registered. Nothing else got through. Uh, it's two tell new one is one two nine ESPN Radio. Great to be with you here on this Thursday afternoon. Hope you are having a wonderful day. If you want to listen to the show live, first of all, thank you very much. You can listen on your radios, DSPN Radio. You can listen on your televisions and watch us on SWX TV. Hello, across the state of Montana. Outstanding to be with you. You can also listen live on the website, 1029ESPN.com. The stream is there all the time, thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you want to catch it on your time, it's a little better for you, a different time of day, check out the podcast. podcast is available also all the time, whenever you want to go get it. And it is out there, thanks to Blackfoot. Mildenberger Motors in Hamilton has the best selection and best prices on new and used GMC, Chevrolet, Cadillac, and Buicks. Mildenberger Motors, family-owned for 65 years. Goldrick, the uh, top of the show, or the first hour, we spent some time talking about Cam Newton. Are you laughing because you just sniffed into the no, mic? No, I'm just laughing because it's just it's just funny. You're just a hilarious guy. <laughs> I agree. Colter's so on the money with this, and you're so far removed from the trajectory of this show, it's it's making it even worse. Well, should I no, not better. try and bring it back to sports? Is that what you're saying? Let's we should just keep going, sports. Cindy Lauper? I mean, this is great. This is, it, the most fascinating part about you oh, this is, is that you are the smartest person that I know, okay. yet you can't write or spell or remember anything. <laughs> It's impossible. That's right. It's the best it's, analytic approach to two tell that, that there can be. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. I can't. It's, un, it's unbelievable. But what did I forget or what did I misspell? I, you are right, by the way. Guilty is charged across the board. Dude. Like, I'm doing this homeschool thing, you know, and oh, everybody's oh, in the oh, same oh, boat yeah, here. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Peep. I hated no shock, right? Spelling when I was a kid. Uh, no shock. Now, I also there are some other things that I didn't like that way. I had some trouble with math at different times and, and so forth and so on. Okay, everybody, everybody's got things in school or whatever that they're not really into. Okay, but the 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 thing that I'm trying to understand is when I got older, I was like, okay, I understand why I need to know math. I I can understand why algebra actually is even useful in my day to day goings on and just the ability to sort of logically play with some of these problems and so forth that way. I still have yet to understand what in the world matters whether I spell something right or not. Other than people's perception of me, it does not matter, especially today with all these gadgets that we got going nah, on. It, I'm it, not teaching my kids to spell. I will not do it. It's uh, a waste uh, of time. Waste. No, I, no, 
it's not. It because, is. Because words matter, especially in English, where there's multiple meanings and or dual meanings and or alternative meanings, depending on how you spell something. It's just the exact same thing as if you spell somebody's name wrong. This is the number one thing they teach you in journalism school, because if you write a story about somebody that's going to jail or prison and you spell their name John Smith, J-O-H-N Smith, and, and it's, it's J-O-N Smith that's going to jail, sued. now all of a sudden you just wrote a story about this dude who's just mowing his lawn <laughs> and it's actually J-O-N Smith over here that's going to jail for whatever that whatever he just did. Listen, spelling people's names, and let me be clear, spelling as such, like, learning word, vocabulary is crucial, okay? I don't argue that. That's what's and so you fascinating, need, And you though. need to know, like, how words are put together and all of that kind of stuff, but the just the the memorization, eight, E-I-G-H-T, eight. Yeah, I get it. There's eight, you ate something, there's eight, the number. <laughs> I, I There's also hate, which I do, about spelling, and so I, I'm not going to waste my time here. Do you want to talk about this, this the quarterbacks? Let's go. What was so funny? What I was just doing the reads. You're just hilarious, dude. Tell me what. <laughs> That's like I said in the last segment. This happens when you're in a foul mood. You detach from reality and you miss everything that's going on around you. I just don't know. You, you that's the best up. part about it is you don't know. That's what I'm saying, man. Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, neither of them have a football team to play on at this moment. Soon, presumably, Tuga Tagovailoa, Joe Burrow, and Herbert, among others, also Bryce Love out of Utah, right? Justin Herbert, too, are all going to have teams that they will be on. And the question then is, is it better for a team, or would you, Coulter, let's may you put your GM hat on, would you rather draft one of these guys, or would you rather have Jameis Winston or Cam Newton or Kirk Cousins? Uh, <laughs> Kirk Cousins is bottom on the list. Uh, but I, as always, it comes down to fit. But if it was the right fit, say, let's let's say I'm the New, New England Patriots, because I think that's the, the place where, well, it's interesting to say. I would say the New England Patriots is the place where somebody could fit in easiest, but that's not taking into account following in the footsteps of the greatest quarterback and, of all time. And it's time. also not taking into account that there's not a human being to throw the football to at this present moment, although that should change in this draft, you would think, but yes. Right. Enormous pressure to follow Tom Absolutely. Brady. Absolutely. But you're going to go play for a guy who's going to... that. The You asked, why is Bill Belichick the GM that has made it work, being the GM and the head coach? Because he's a robot. It's, it's also because... So many coaches run a system and then try to sign players and build a team to fit that system. Bill Belichick signs a roster and then builds the system each year. And that's why they have more college graduates in their... I mean, there's more guys with college degrees in the Patriots system over the last 20 years than any other team in the NFL, and it's not close. You hear stories about the way that it works, the ins and outs. I thought the Gladiator podcast by Aaron Hernandez, the episode about what the New England Patriots is all about... People forget that Bill Belichick has signed more high-risk guys, signed Lots more outsider, outlaw-type guys than any professional sports franchise. Belichick has signed them up, and it's backfired in his face so little yeah. because he puts them into this culture, and either in or you're out. And if and, you're and out, what did they love out. about Aaron Hernandez? I mean, great skill, but also his uh, his grade on football acumen was exactly. like 10 out of 10. Exactly, and that's yeah. why they love guys with high football IQs, high IQs in general. So even if there's huge shoes to fill with Tom Brady, you still, 
they're going to build something around you. I would take Cam Newton over every guy available. I would take Jameis Winston over all the the young guys too, though. I understand that there's volatility, but you also have to remember that when they were coming out, forget what's happened in the NFL for Jameis Winston and Cam Newton. Both of those guys were significantly higher and more surefire prospects than any of these three guys coming out right now. But Jameis Winston was the dude. For Cam, sure. And Cam Newton uh, uh, was uh, the, the uh, generational he talent. He's generational talent. Some questions. Questions he answered for sure. those. Here's my thing, though. I don't think there's just a right or wrong answer to this, even, even an opinion of that. I think this is so situational about where is your franchise. You said it best. If you got to win this season, if you got guys that are ready to go that are in their prime at key positions – it's can't to me it's Cam Newton and then or maybe Jameis Winston. I think even as little as next season, two years from now, it's probably one of these guys. Who that's going to be, I don't know. And it will again that will be situational dependent. But like if you're the Cincinnati Bengals, draft a quarterback. You don't need Cam Newton. No, I, I totally agree. And, with and that. so that's that. And no, I know you I, do, but I, that's I, all I totally, I'm saying. I, I totally agree with that. I, I just think that. If you're in the position to either sign somebody or upgrade, like if I was the Redskins, I would draft Chase Young and I would sign because I think Dwayne Haskins could be pretty good someday, but I don't think he's quite ready yet. But that's okay, and I think that we've what we've learned over the last couple years, it's it's such a balancing act. I know we don't have time, but there's been some guys that have waited their turn behind a, a veteran quarterback, mm-hmm. like a Aaron Rodgers sure. is the greatest example of that. But there's been some other guys, too, that have waited their turn. Steve Young. Jimmy Garoppolo. And then they've blossomed when they've gotten their chance. Right. But now the highest priority in the league right now is to get a dude who's Pro Bowl ready or is one of the 10 or 12 best guys in the league and then build the whole thing around him because he's getting paid so long on his rookie deal. Comparatively, yeah. on his rookie deal. Getting the Super Bowl with Jared Goff, I mean, that is that's money in the bag. Winning the Super Bowl with Patrick Mahomes, yeah. he couldn't have a better scenario. Yeah. Well, guys, this was something. Uh, another whirlwind. Expect more of the same until sports resume. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. Tomorrow, Friday show, Troy Taylor and uh, Coulter and I will be fully clothed men. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.